Hola, Nicholas. Uh, you beat me. You beat me I to did. the punch. I did. I never know. I never know how that's going to go. Well, but you didn't really give me any fast. time to... Yeah, you are too fast. Like, I want to be right. the one to say good morning. Good morning, Mike. That is. You started with Ola. Ola. You started... You were... Uh, I'm well-traveled. I'm well-traveled. Yeah. Hashtag travel gang. You were out <laughs> of the country for a while. It was a long trip. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Spain or España, and then I was in uh, Portugal for a week, and it was awesome. By the way, went to a Spanish wedding. That's like the hawk on steroids that goes all night. <laughs> like crazy. in terms of like the vibes were hockey. Yeah. Yes. It was just no rules all night. Did you see anybody? Did you see anybody in Portugal hooping? I saw someone in España hooping. A young, really? A, yeah, there was a there was a court, and there were multiple like kids getting shots up. They looked all right. Did you try to get some running? I asked my wife if I could go, and we were yeah, like, how'd on, that go? We were like on a tour, like yeah, <laughs> like just can we just the pump tour. the brakes on the tour real quick? I want to go run fives with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No. Like, also, how douchey would it be if I just showed up and I was like, all right, let's go. I got it. You just rip the shirt. You just, you pop the shirt off. (laughs) Oh, got to pop the shirt. Who's going to? Yeah. (laughs) There were like four, like 13 to 16 year olds getting shots up. But you know what? Game, respect, game, or game, respect, game. In Spain. Okay, don't do no okay, we're done. Well, I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna nip that in the bud right now. The okay. uh I don't know if it's I a accept. Spanish thing or a Portuguese thing. I'm not as well traveled as you, but we're not we're not gonna do that for the next hour. We're not gonna do the the rolling Only of the I'm S's discussing Spain uh out of respect to a great country. I'm hey, gonna be honest with this. you, I, I don't think I don't think it's gonna come up much over the next hour and a half. It shouldn't. So. One thing, Spanish wedding. Bowls of cigarettes on the bar, just free bowls of cigarettes to be had. Wait, they hand people. out cigarettes at the wedding? At this one, they did. I've did never seen one? anything like it. I did. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Are you and a like, drunk smoker? No. I I really don't smoke too many cigarettes, but like, I mean, there were bowls of cigarettes to be had. The wedding went till like six in the morning, and it started at like five. It was crazy. So you were smoking cigarettes as like a performance enhancer, like just to keep your energy up. Yeah, just to just have a cultural experience. Like it was it was a very win in Rome situation. Like that's awesome. It was so cool. It was so cool. Yeah, that it was so okay. You sound like a 15 year old kid. I don't mean. Yeah, we smoked cigarettes last night. It was so cool. (laughs) The whole experience was very cool, just entirety. Okay. But uh, maybe you know, Nick, idea for your wedding: just get bowls of cigarettes. That'll be really <laughs> well received in America, if and when yeah. that day happens. Uh, really well received, I'm sure. Grandparents, etc., would would. I'll tell you what. Whenever I do, whenever I do get married, you'll have that scoop, right? I'll, I'll let you scoop it. that one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Actually, that's so, how you should propose. Okay. 
get into the show. It's it's <laughs> tough. It's okay. Let's get into the show. Um, on today's episode, <laughs> KU beats BYU. The AP poll, the AP voters, and the coaches finally showed the courage to rank yes. us. Rank hashtag us. show us. We've been ranked. Uh, is it time to start talking about the dream season again? Is it time to start talking about paying Lance Leipold again? Is it time to start talking about Jalen Daniels being disrespected again? Big, big matchup coming up this weekend against Texas. We're going to get into that. We've got some basketball stuff that we need to do, a little b-ball roundup. And we're going to have a draft of our favorite Lawrence bars, all of that, Mike. And much, much more. Much, much more on this episode of Could Be Wrong. And, and, and I could be wrong. You guys could look at this. And I, I could be wrong on this. I could be wrong. And I could be wrong. I, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that. You'd have to ask him. But Great job there, by the way. Great job of picking up what I was throwing down. I threw the oop to you. And All you slammed day. it in. All day. We're just like those kids. Just like those in Spaniards. España. On the court. All right, KU beat BYU 38-27. to uh, It was a game going into it that even though the line had KU as more than a touchdown favorite, I think it closed like close to 10. It was kind of hovering around like 7 to 8.5 all week. And then it really jumped right before opening kickoff. But KU wins and covers, more importantly, 38-27. to 4-0 for the second consecutive season. And for the second consecutive season, KU's ranked. They actually got ranked a week earlier this year because I went back and looked. They didn't get ranked until week five last year. They had to go to 5-0. and So I think that begs the question. People are starting to respect Kansas more this year. They get ranked after week four. And now we've got a top 25 matchup coming up against Texas this weekend. I don't know where I want to start with this game because I, more than anything else, like the BYU game in a vacuum was great. It was a nice little test. I think that's probably the best team you've played this year. Illinois might have something to say about that. But again, I'm going back to what we talked about last week, which is I'm not going to do revisionist history with Illinois. They looked like shit when KU I'm supposed to cuss in like the first five minutes of the podcast. Is that a thing? I might have to edit that out. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, okay. I think the podcast gods don't like it when you, uh, when you curse in the first will, like 10 minutes of the shows. I, I'm here to respect the podcast gods. Since I told you not to do that. What did I'm we say? Do it. I'm going to do we it. We had a conversation about this, and you're already <laughs> breaking the rule. I've been, I'm doing it. But it, it was just a nice test. It was a good litmus test to see, okay, where's KU at? Are they going to be a team like last year that you know consistently gets themselves behind the eight ball? And I guess you could say they did. They trailed at halftime. But they came out in the second half and just nuked BYU. Is KU a third quarter team? People are talking that, you know, they need a half to sort of get calibrated for whoever they're going against. I would say probably can't afford that to do that against the Longhorns this weekend. Nonetheless, the offense has shown once again, not only are they good again, like they might be better than they were a season ago. Because I think the whole like, team go- is better. Because I mean, and I, the the biggest thing I'm looking at is what we talked about two weeks ago, which is Jalen Daniels had to be Superman last year for KU to get back in these games or to win these games. 
And he's not having to do a ton because this rushing attack is so freaking good. Like Devin Neal looks like an All-American. Daniel Highshaw looks healthy again. Like this might be a top 10 to 15 rushing attack in the country. And I don't even think that's hyperbole. I think this might be one of the best rushing teams in America. Hearing you say that, I mean, I feel like Farmer Fran in the water boy when the ball's in the air and he's like pinching it, pinching his body parts. You can say nipples, nipples. Well, you said I didn't know if I could cuss early. (laughs) You think nipples is a curse word? I don't know the The podcast gods. You do. Yeah, we've all got Farmer Fran is pinching his nipples. Like, that's how I feel hearing you talk about this team. And I agree. They are they look flat out better. And I want to point to the fourth quarter when they just ran it down BYU's throat. They wore that team down. That is something that good teams do. I don't quite recall seeing it happen like that last year. To me, that was a huge indication of like, this team's for real. BYU knew it was coming and it didn't matter. And they they have started better. Their adjustments look good. They're able to be really creative with a lot of different weapons offensively. So I think we're still, even though we're we're truly in show it all season, like I think there are still more to come here creatively from this offense. I'm I'm just blown away and and yeah, like you say Devin Neal looks like all American. Did you say that? Did I hear you say that? I will say it. I don't know if I said it, but I, I am comfortable saying that. He this looks, guy. Yep. Go. Go. He is, he's had at least, well, the, his worst game this year was against Nevada, where he, in terms of rushing yards, where he had 17 carries for 89 yards and three touchdowns. So I don't know if I would necessarily call that a bad game, but that's his lowest rushing total of the season. Is that glasses worthy since I got into statistics? Oh, yeah. That's on really, really oh, quick. Oh, he's got the glasses on. Those are those are folk frames. These what well, these are these are not actual glasses. These are uh, blue, light blue light glasses. They're blue light glasses. You know, a lot of a lot of late night video editing for the pod. So you do don't want to got to reduce the eye strain. Yeah, absolutely the strain. But Ku uh, Devin Neal is top twenty in America in rushing yards, despite the fact that he hasn't had more than seventeen carries in a game. Like I don't think. He's ever going to be a workhorse, so to speak. Like he's not a guy who you're just going to like hand the ball off to 25 times a game. Nor do you need to. But despite that, his efficiency and yards per carry is so insane that he has still found himself in the top 20 in America. And if they ever get to a point where I think you're kind of there, you're a month into the season. Like if you want to talk about showing it all, no, it's time. Not showing. Not. I mean, not showing it is off the table for the rest of the year. You're Hashtag a month into the season. Show it all season. Yeah. I, I, there's no more holding anything back. And yet, despite the fact that he has not been ever really given like the lion's share of the carries, it's very, he's ahead of Devin Knight, uh, uh, Daniel Highshaw by a good amount. But yet, he's still not your workhorse, so to speak. This guy is having an all American season. I'm with you. I mean, these are, first of all, the line is is good, but he is just making great runs. Like the quality, the individual quality of the cuts he's making, his vision, 
the strength. Like he looks great. Uh, again, I go back to the Illinois game, watching it with my Ohio State buddy, and he was all excited to see Jalen Daniels. This guy's true, good, diehard college football fan, and he's like, "Okay, Daniels is good, but who is this little running back?" And I'm like, "Oh, he's a, he was actually a big recruit. He's from Lawrence." And he's like, "No, he wasn't." And I'm going back and showing him. He was blown away. Uh, I think. As KU gets the eyeballs, or will start to get some eyeballs, especially this week, people are going to see as the Jayhawks show it uh, that that Devin Neal's for real. He does not need to be the workhorse, nor is KU at its best. I think if that's happening, they can swap guys in and out, be more creative on offense. We haven't even they're holding Bean like talk about show it all like when they're going to start mixing Bean in a bit more. But I just loved watching KU cram it down BYU's throat in the fourth quarter. Casey on the edge, like they were just running it his side over and over again. It was, I mean, it, it was really impressive. Like this, this team is, is good. They're better than they were last year. I, I feel very confident in saying that. Let me ask you this because I feel like a lot of KU fans have been snake bitten over the years. Of oh, needing sure. so like mounting evidence to convince you that like, okay, there is no other shoe to drop. This is legit. Coming into this season. Show it all and did you have did you <laughs> did you have any skepticism that like uh there something's gonna go wrong this year, like whatever the case may be. They brought everybody back, but because it's Kansas football. I'll speak for myself personally. There was just a hint of skepticism that like, I didn't know what was going to go wrong, but that something would go wrong, that this year would be a letdown of some sort. Again, I have no reason to like back it up other than the fact that this is Kansas football and I'm just really nervous about getting my hopes up. Was there any amount of that for you coming into the season that like, oh, maybe this offense won't look the way they did last year? Yeah, I, I was totally concerned. Not, not so much with the offense, but you know, KU had a lot of a lot of good bounces. I think we talked about it early in the year, the way that their defense forced so many turnovers. It, it, I definitely wondered how sustainable it was. I thought maybe you know that they'd be competitive and lose one of these, you know, the Illinois or BYU game. But yes, flat out, I was. I was not skeptical about the quality of the team. I think I was just skeptical about them still learning and knowing how to win, put games away like this. Um, we haven't seen it at all. They've, they've, they have <laughs> shown that they know how to win and um, starting four and oh, and looking like double digit wins against Illinois and BYU is far beyond what I expected. In the way that it's looked, I had heard that they were really optimistic in the building, in the football building, um, that they thought that they were better. But I'm still just like, it, it still is a bit surreal to watch. I don't know when that'll go away. Like, does it feel surreal to you? I'm just still like waiting for disaster, maybe. Um, though BYU, yes, I'll I, tell I you was why, pretty though. comfortable but the whole time. Yeah. 
because Tell it's me. college football and it's true. Like, yeah. well, even really, really good programs are optimistic before the season and things don't go according to like Clemson sitting there at two and two. Right. Yeah. And it's like, wow, yeah. we thought this might be the year where we return to national prominence and being one of those four or five teams. Now I mean, you're a month into the season yep. and those dreams are dead. Like you're not going to the college football playoff. You're probably not winning the ACC. Like that, that's for a good program. Now, now we're talking about Kansas. So of course, of course there's reasonable skepticism. You talk about putting teams away. It's not just putting teams away. It's like not getting yourself into these massive holes. Remember the West Virginia game? Oh yeah. Last season. The Houston game. Where KU did the Houston game too. And like there were so many of those games where you're just like, okay, like, are we going to be down 14 points in the first half every single week and then have to play hero ball for the final three quarters? It's a very exciting brand of football to watch, but it's not sustainable. Like that's not a, that's not a winning formula over the you know course of a season. Totally. And that's kind of what happened last year. Yeah. They were down 14, nothing in the first quarter to West Virginia last year. I had to come back and win that. Down 14 nothing in the first quarter to Houston last year. Had to come back and win that. When they're behind the eight ball this year, it's like, okay, you're down by three at halftime to BYU. It's not the end of the world. And that to me is a huge sign of growth. Were you you like, oh no, at halftime? (sighs) Not really. Not really. Being down three points to a BYU team, like, I wasn't really concerned. It was more of just like, okay, well, we're going to have to really be locked in for all four quarters. And then they came out in the third quarter and yeah. ran away with the game. Yeah. So whatever, whatever nerves I had, they were dissipated pretty quickly. Yeah. I never felt I, everything. I was like, okay, like totally in this looks good. Quick shout out to Sean Snyder. In the the renaissance of KU football special teams, Dude, by the I'm way. gonna be honest with you. Totally forgot he was on the Kansas coaching staff. My, totally forgot. Yeah, yeah. Bill Snyder at the game in the booth. Like, Is he a Jayhawk now? Not only are some saying, many are saying, <laughs> many, and others are nodding in agreement. Yes. Uh, I mean, Bill Snyder. Rooting for Kansas. That happened, right? He's rooting for his son. Son coaches for Kansas. Uh, I think the SP Plus, Bill. Oh, hold on. Got to put the glasses on. I saw this. Are oh, you really uh, going to SP Plus? Oh, let me put mine on. Treyas. Treyas. Okay. Everyone, we're putting our glasses on. These are also blue light glasses. Get this stat. You're going to have to do a little math. So hang with me. SP Plus has Kansas as the number one special teams unit in the country, taking off the glasses. That's math. What does that even mean, though? No idea. They're just efficient, I guess. Efficient at all special teams. The special teams unit's been really solid. I I think we can just say that. And last year, it was not. That That was a clear area that they needed to fix, and they've done it. Uh, same with starting and even some halftime adjustments like Lance Leipold is hitting all the notes. All right, enough with the foreplay. Let's let's get let's get into it, man. You know we've danced around show this it, show it for long enough. It's time for us to show. We want to talk about showing it. We've got to show it. Is it time? 
is it time, Mike, to start talking about the dream season uh, again? Goosebumps. We did it last year. Jalen Daniels got injured. Things kind of fell apart. They were able to salvage it by the end of the year, get to a bowl game, gave us an incredible, exciting, thrilling matchup versus Arkansas. And that did feel like a win going into the offseason just to say, okay, there's a little bit of momentum going. But now you're 4-0. You're ranked once again, number 24 in the country in both the coaches and the AP poll. Is it time to rev up the dream season conversations again? Because you're going into a game against Texas where, I mean, I don't think many people are going to give KU a chance to win. That's perfectly justifiable with the way Texas has played this year. But everything you want is right in front of you. You did what you were supposed to do. That first month we knew was going to be critical in setting yourself up for conversations like these, for hopes like these, for dreams like these. And we are a dreamer. We are a dreamer podcast, and I think it is time to start discussing the possibility of a dream season in 2023. Nick, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I am yeah. not the only one. It is no, you're this not. This is the time. This is the time. You start 4-0, and you've got the game against your top five team, your hardest game ahead. This is when we can think about the dream season because well, because what some if- some would say some would say you have to wait until after the Texas game. You have to beat Texas before talking about a dream season. No, this is the time because first, like essential part of being a fan here is to sit here and say like, what if we won? Like that's that's the <laughs> moment. Like that is a key part of Fanal Hall. You made a face. You made a face. Mm. You you don't like that? No, it was a good face. It was a positive reaction. Like it was that's a, what. Oh, don't get that's me like, going. That's like rev what, me up. What are we doing if we can't think right now that we can be extremely excited about this team headed into a big game? And dream season to me, I think back on obviously oh seven oh eight, the Sports Illustrated cover dream season, like. When they were undefeated, headed into, uh, did that cover come, cover come out after Nebraska? I don't know. The picture came from the Nebraska. I think it was Iowa State. Oh, you're right. The you're picture right, you're was right. Kerry Meyer catching yes. the touchdown in the end zone versus Iowa State. Yes, thank you. Um, you're welcome. So yeah, I think <laughs> so. So kind. I think uh, yeah, it, it's time to get really excited. They have shown everything you would want to see at this point. I've been impressed. They survived a trap game against Nevada. I don't care. They won every test they've hit. Look, Texas is going to be it's going to be hard, especially with the secondary, but like why not? Why not get really really excited? So, it's time. You mentioned the 2007 Orange Bowl season. And that schedule was very favorable to gaining momentum because Kansas State was ranked in week five. They were ranked 24th, though. You beat them. You got into the top 20. And then you just kind of went through this really cushy part of the schedule where you didn't have to play anybody significant until the end of the year when, of course, you had to play third-ranked Mizzou, and we know how that game went. They got to say we played somebody now. Keep to leave. This is this is a little bit different because you're playing a 
I mean, I don't know. I know how people feel about Texas historically. No, no, they're vacuum this season. (laughs) This is a national championship caliber team that you're playing in week five. Yeah. So if you go out there and get the doors blown off you, it's going to be like, uh, okay, well, now we know. Now we know you're not quite of that level. And it would make sense. I mean, Texas has NFL players all over the roster. They've got a Heisman candidate, at quarterback. Last year, they annihilated Kansas with Bijan Robinson. He's not there anymore, but it's still Texas. And they have, I don't know, a top five defense in America. So it's a little nervous getting excited about this game because if they go out there and get destroyed by the Longhorns, we're going to say, okay, well, I guess we should have seen that coming. Totally. I mean, look at the spread. What is it? 19 and a half? 17. It opened, it, opened, half. opened higher and came down, which is a good sign. That's what you'd want to see. Um, yeah, two plus scores. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying KU is going to win, but I'm saying we can be excited right now about the team. And I guess my question is like, what is a dream season to you right now, Nick? Like what qualifies National as dream championship. season? Uh, beating beating Georgia thirty five to twenty four in the national championship. If, okay, so we're taking what TCU did last year and we're just like fucking blasting. We're flipping it. We're gonna spot. do what TCU we're didn't have the courage to do, which is show up for the national championship. <laughs> no, like really though, what what is a what's a dream season? Do you have to beat Texas? Is this where we get into record predictions? Because I feel like they kind of go oh. hand in hand. Yeah. So we're doing, this is our weekly predict, predict KU's final record. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've if I'm on thinking a, about this from like a hashtag eight win team. Okay. If I'm thinking about this from a Vegas perspective, okay, let's go through a scenario here. Let's say Kansas doesn't win this weekend. And. Let's say they are competitive, though, right? Let's say these. No, this is not a glasses on conversation. I'm, Mike just put his glasses on. Yeah. Ooh, let's think about this from a Vegas perspective. Ooh. Vegas Ooh. is not nerdy, though. Vegas isn't statistical. Okay. It's math. Oh, if you, oh. if, <laughs> all right. Glasses are off. Lose, glasses are off. If you lose a competitive game to Texas. <laughs> I would imagine you'll be favored or to be like maybe close to a pick 'em versus UCF. Yep. You'll be favored against Oklahoma. You'll be big underdogs again versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma State. And you meant, yeah. Oklahoma State. Excuse yeah. me. Um and then And then your last four games against Iowa State, favored, Texas Tech, favored yeah. or pick 'em. K State, pick 'em, Cincinnati. KU's not going to be big favorites in any of these games but i do think these are going to be really tight spreads coming down the stretch so the dream season to me is 10 and 2 wow if i were just to say you're going to lose two games where you're going to be big underdogs which would be texas and oklahoma oklahoma yeah that's a dream to the end of the season if you're 10 and 2 and it's like yeah well we didn't beat those teams because they're two of the best teams in the country then we'd say all right well I can't really complain about that. I'm I'm farmer framing right now. Mike just stood up and pinched his nipples on camera. And if you want to see that, go check us out on YouTube where we do show it all. <clears throat> I'm farmer framing. Franning. I think is that's that a, a realistic dream season scenario? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. That Am I is, dreaming big enough? Am I dreaming big enough? That happens. KU's 10 and 2 could be in the Big 12 title game. Right? Could be. I mean, that's You're in a really good we, We've had this conversation. We've had this conversation. It's like, can you get to November and, and be in the conversation? Yep. Yep. And again, we're talking dream season. I don't think you're saying realistic, but looking at the schedule again, UCF is is winnable. But they're they're I don't they're a talented team. At oh, it's definitely winnable. Like yeah. So all of a sudden that there's you know five and one. Okie State on the road, tough, but. No, Oklahoma State got dog walked by I know, South I know. Alabama at home. I know, I know. I mean, are you looking at six and one going into the Oklahoma game? Like, maybe should be. Like that's if crazy. you are, you're going to be ranked in the. If you're going to be ranked in the top twenty if you're six and one on October twenty eighth, with your one loss being to Texas. So record prediction, I'll say. I'm going to look at it now. Uh. Probably should. I'm going to, I'm ticking it up. I'm going to take it up to nine wins. I started at six. I'm up to nine right now. So if I'm going dream season, the record prediction is 10 and two. So you think the, the only dream, losses, you think no, the dream no, season, no bad losses. The, the dream season is no bad losses. You're predicting the dream season. Why shouldn't I? This is the last chance. If, if you're going to lose to Texas this weekend, that this is the last chance for me to do that. We're we're gonna come back to the Texas game. I've got a big yeah, it's true. I've got a question, but I'll save it. Save it for that section. If either of these records come true, nine or ten, we we have a situation this offseason though. Can I can Which I is, go into I Lance Leipold is is going to become and continue to be a major candidate for jobs that open up. Like, especially if you hit, if dream season happens, like we got a serious issue, <laughs> I think in that case, right again? now, oh, we yeah, already went through this. No, it's again, sorry. <laughs> my, my, fr- my frustration with that contract last year, which, you know, KU had to do, but like the buyout is not severe enough. That's. Travis okay, Goff let's take a step should've... back. Let's, let's okay, yeah. Let's yeah, reset. Yeah. Let's reset the. Walk uh, me. Yeah, give me Throw the landscape here. Give. Take us through the contract extension that Leipold signed last year. Last off season, both Nebraska and Wisconsin jobs come open. Those are probably Leipold's like two dream jobs. I want to speak for him, but those are two known stops of his in the past. KU ends up signing him to an insti- a really favorable contract extension for Lance and uh, gives Andy Kultanicki a big deal. Um, Leipold, it includes basically breaking ground on the stadium this year, which was genius by Leipold and for KU to agree to it uh, because it forced the stadium renovations to actually happen. The other thing is he's got a $6 million buyout, I believe, through until April, and then it ticks down to $5 million, uh, next summer. So 
I don't think six million is going to be enough to scare away programs that, with the way they're spending money right now. I mean, you, you've got Jimbo Fisher, a hundred million dollar deal. Mel Tucker, what sixty, seventy million? Uh, six million, I think was. I would have. I'd feel a lot better right now if if Travis Goff could have gotten a bit of a higher, steeper buyout for another year or two as a part of that deal last year. So I think KU is in a spot again right now where they do or are going to have to start sweating a bit and worry about hashtag pay Lance. Okay, so I have a couple questions here. The first one is, realistically, is like where's the ceiling for what KU is going to be able to pay their coach? Or does it is that a foolish question to ask? Like, we can talk about resources and donors and how much money there really is to go around. But like, does Kansas have the means to pay him whatever he wants to stay in Lawrence as long as they want him here? Probably. Yes. But it's going to take a serious commitment to the level that we have not seen in investment into football ever, ever, ever. It has to be. And it, it depends on what jobs come open. Michigan State, if, if they figure their, if they can rally their, their big money folks, like they've got huge money. Clearly, look at Mel Tucker's deal. And then what happens is, can KU have a football coach that makes more money than Bill Self annually? I don't know that Bill Self would be okay with that. But... It's just so basic economics. The football program, if successful, like I don't know the exact number, but I think it was four years ago. You can't reach for the glasses just at merely me saying the word number. No, you said basic economics. The glasses okay. are on. <laughs> That's actually fair. This, this, this deal is basic economics. Please, <laughs> now go ahead. And go by ahead. the way, if anybody knows me, I'm the last person who should be ever uttering the phrase basic economics. Because basic would be the word I would describe my working knowledge of how the economy as Supply a whole Supply and demand. Supply and demand, folks. Let me break it down for you. Listen. Football stadiums seat 50,000. Basketball stadiums seat 16,000. KU four years ago was one of, I believe, four schools in America where the basketball program brought in more money than the football program. And all you have to do is merely be competitive and that will flip. The football program should be bringing in more revenue for the university than the basketball program. So the leader of that program, it would make sense for him to make more money. I know that Kansas basketball is a brand bigger than like a hot couple of years for football. But if Lance Leipold gets this thing humming, I believe he is worth more to Kansas than Bill Self is. Is that a blasphemous thing to say? There's that big if that you said in like what level of humming, but yeah, it's blasphemous. It's blasphemous. Oh, it is blasphemous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, pure, probably 
economically speaking, you're you're right. But I don't think KU fans are, and this is part of the problem that they are going to have to deal with and figure out. I don't think fans are saying seven to nine wins consistently is worth giving up that, you know, Bill Self and in what the basketball program is. So is Lance Leipold going to be okay with being a, at a basketball school is if, if KU isn't sold out against UCF, no matter what happens against Texas, like that's the kind of thing that I think will, will piss him off. And the fan support. Like what more? Yeah. Like what more do you want from me? Yeah. I think he'd be pissed. I'm serious. So my, my concern meter, my level of concern, uh, scale of one to 10, including decimals, like I'll, I'll say 4.9 right now, but it, is it's this been merely ticking up. a Michigan. Is this a Michigan state right now conversation yeah. or just in general? Like, it's, do you think he's at the top of Michigan state's list? No, but I think he's probably top of the second tier of choices. Um, I, I thought, um, Colorado's offensive coordinator, um, what, Sean Lewis, I think he was at Akron. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I, I mean, I, don't look at me. No, you're on your own here, pal. <laughs> I think, yeah, Sean Lewis is at Colorado's offensive coordinator. He was a very popular name. There's going to be a couple alumnus that, that they'll probably take a look at considering the mess that they're in, but it is definitely in Leipold territory, location, culture, though he's got to, in, got to go deal with basketball again, but like the, the money and resources are going to be there on a different level. So yeah, here's I, the, I am here's starting my, to get here's concerned. The cons- here's the concern for me. Set aside the Michigan State situation is that if KU continues to like just do what they're doing right now and what they did last year there's always going to be another Michigan State yep there's always going to be another team looking for a new coach who's going to look at what he's done in Lawrence and said if you can do that there yep imagine what you could do with our resources so I guess my my question is is this ever going to stop I think I know the answer but as long as Lance Leipold is having success at Kansas, yeah. there are going to be bigger programs who are going to try and lure him away. So whether it's Michigan State this year, Wisconsin and Nebraska last year, there'll be another crop of schools at the end of this season. There's going to be more schools next year. So you pay Lance Leipold now to give him a more competitive salary. I just don't see whatever makes this go away. Whatever it's, gets us to the point where we're no longer talking about if Lance Leipold's going to leave, which if that is the case, Mike, I hate to be the one to say this, but like if that's just going to be the constant reality, I'm to believe that eventually there will be a school that is going to lure him away from Kansas. Yeah, I think it has to be, maybe not has to, probably a Big Ten school. I think that makes a lot of sense, especially kind of given his personality is not the biggest rah-rah thing. Um so those Big Ten jobs are going to be where I'll get concerned consistently. But yeah, KU's, the investment has got to reach a level we have not seen before. It has trended that way. It's got to keep trending that way. It's frustrating to see it happen again. Frustrating. But I, I, I need, like, 
Kansas fans, we are going to have to get used to this, I think, for a little while. His name is going to keep coming up, um, especially when Big Ten jobs pop open, uh, unless they they give him a massive, massive contract. It's it's. Where can, I'm not, we, save, where can we save money? Where, what can we do to get more money for Lance? Because I personally am not in the current situation where I can open my wallet to help out this situation. So <laughs> we're going to have to start getting creative. We? What if we just took all the money they're going to put into the new stadium and just give that to Lance Leipold? Is that a fair trade? <laughs> we're not getting a new stadium, but like that $300 million just goes into like the life fund, fund. <laughs> the life hold fund. Yes. Every year though, it's just like, it's another contract increase. Uh, Cause that's the other thing, Mike, that's not tenable either. You can't just give them an, a raise every single year. Correct. 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 I think right now, also it's going to get to a point where he's maybe a little too old. So like ageism to be an attractive candidate. He's a great coach. I never really understood that. I don't know. These but coaches like, stick around. Like most coaches stick around for like six years anyway. Like who cares how old the guy is? Yeah. He's a great coach. That happened. <laughs> that came up when we were hiring him and people were saying, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they thought it was like actually better that he was older because it would make him less likely to leave. Like what? Old people don't like money. That's what the thing where it's like, in? yeah, sure. Lance is happy at KU five million a year, but like, Michigan State drops in, drops in with like nine million a year. Like, I mean, come on, that's that's a concern. So I do think this. I do think this for these Big Ten programs and ones that expect to win. Like Mel Tucker was a huge name when they got him, right? And they gave him this massive contract. You also got to think about it from that school's perspective. Like right now, if if news got released that Lance Leipold was Michigan State's number one target. As a Michigan State fan, am I looking at his – because you're not paying attention to what Kansas is doing on a weekly basis. So what are you going to do? You're going to go look at like the football reference page or his ESPN page and say, okay, went, his best season was 6-7 and seven last year. This is the guy who's going to save our program. Like If I'm a casual Michigan State fan, I'm not looking at Lance Leipold's resume and saying, holy cow, do whatever it takes to get this guy. What if but, – but the conversation started at like the dream season. If KU ends up eight, anywhere from 8 – Wins or more. Do you think that that would get a oh, Michigan State get, fan? Farmer Fran. I see where you're going. Farmer Fran. I see where you're Knicks. going. That's what I'm saying. So, so if we get the Farmer Fran pinch the nip season, he's likely gone. So what you're saying is tank. Tank now. Not a full tank. Soft just tank. Drop a couple games. Soft drop tank. a couple games. Go, go seven and five. Yeah, we'll do a soft tank this year. <laughs> seven and five. And then those other schools will be like, you know what? We expected more from Leipold. Let's move on to candidate number two. I like where your head's at, and I'm yeah, on board. We got to give yeah. Chris Chris Klein in the edge against KU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We got to get it. him gone first. Yeah, we got to get him gone first. We play we'll the start long propping game. up other candidates. We play the yeah. long game. That's actually really smart. Uh, before we get into the Texas game, I do want to. We need to lift the spirits a little bit. Yeah, we do. We I mean, do. we just we did do. ten minutes talking about how KU is going to lose their coach, and then you know the dream is dead. Uh, Jalen Daniels. Not getting the Heisman love. Now the stat, he had 18 touchdowns through like five games last year. Something ridiculous. He doesn't quite have the numbers this year. I think that's a product of the way KU's playing, going back to the run game. Yep. Like 
he's not having to go out there and do everything for this team. But do you still think he's being disrespected a little bit because he's not really getting talked about nationally whatsoever? Not not only nationally, I think locally a little bit because it has been mm-hmm. all about Lance. Uh, I think, you know, obviously college football is a culture of coaches. The coach is the face of the program. That's consistent across the country. But when you when you look at KU this year and last year and the, the unprecedented back-to-back starts, uh, Jalen Daniels needs to get more and more love and credit for what he's done. This even dates back to the, the game-winning pass against Texas when Jared Casey got all the love, in my opinion. Like, Jalen Daniels made an amazing play. Oh, so you, play. Think, you think Jared Casey is stealing... I think, actively stealing Jalen Daniels spotlight right now. No, but I think in that moment, bench Casey, he did. hashtag bench Casey. That's what Mike is saying. I think in that you moment, bench Der- Jared Casey, if I'm Jalen Daniels after that win against Texas and made that play in overtime to win in like Jared Casey's the hero getting the commercials. I'm a little bit like, come on, like, come on. So, I think it's been continued and last year was really about Lance and pay Lance. It needs to be a bit more about Jalen Daniels. I think he, I don't know. he just I deserves think it. That five and O start Jalen Daniels was getting a lot of love. He was awesome. He I mean, was, he, he was fifth in the Heisman rankings at one point last season. Make him fourth. <laughs> no, I, he ain't even on the board right now. I mean, he's, he's been a star. That's, I tweeted after the game, like, this man has led KU to 4-0 back-to-back starts for the first time in 110 years or whatever. Uh, you know, I don't think he's getting enough love nationally or or really locally, though I'm not in Kansas. But, like, Lance has been the star. I, I think I want to see what more. I don't know what more could be done, but he's been awesome and has been as big a part of the turnaround as as anyone. Shout out. Well, yeah, but I mean, for recruiting him, I don't think that there's. It's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty democratic thing with getting love in college football as a quarterback. Everybody's ready to give the quarterback credit, and he's got five touchdowns and one interception. Like, you're going to have to have a monster game. Go out versus Texas and throw five touchdowns, and KU wins. I promise you, people will be talking about Jalen Daniels on Sunday. Yes. That'll be his like Johnny Manziel beating, winning at Bama, but he's got to do it again. He's already done it once. No, I, it, the team has been so good and so efficient. He, again, back in that fourth quarter, he had a couple really nice runs on fourth down. He's controlled the game, and um, I, I hope he, I hope he's around for another year. Uh, that's where like <laughs> nil. We're paying everyone now. That's just <laughs> pay Lance, pay Jalen. Let's keep, let's keep doing it. That's pretty much going what's back happening. to the tanking conversation. Jalen Daniels should tank personally. That way it ensures that NFL teams won't want anything to do with him. He comes <laughs> back for another season. So yeah. Lance is tanking. Just, so the tank, the tank meter, the tank watch. Uh, we got to lose some tank. For yeah. Lose some games. Play back. Honestly, like I need, I want to see a stinker on Saturday versus Texas. Okay. Seriously though, let's get into this game. Um, it's either a massive opportunity or if you want to do the mo- the emotional hedge this game doesn't matter at all nothing to lose which si- which yeah which stance are we taking are we taking the 
huge opportunity, let's shock the world? Or are we emotionally hedging to the point where you're, oh, this game doesn't even matter. You can lose this game and you'll be perfectly fine. Which one are we going with? If I may. If I may. First back, four no back-to-back starts, school history in over 100 years. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody. But what we have here against Texas, we got so much to gain. So much to gain. I can promise you this. You can ask, you can ask Jalen about this. Every day, most every day, for the rest of your lives, you will be reminded of this night in some way. I'm, I'm going massive opportunity. And hopefully you all know what I was just doing. You know what I was doing, Nick? No, I don't know what you were doing. You have no idea what I was just doing. Bill's speech before the 08 title game. Oh, every yeah, day, I don't remember that. Most every day. Really? That's a bad look for me. What? So much to gain. What? So yeah, much no, to I gain. No, I mean, I get it. I get the reference now. Uh, explain it. Uh, massive opportunity. Massive opportunity. Uh, there, there is a bit of nothing to lose, but I, I don't, I won't, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. KU's too good for that. If we want to take this seriously as a program, I, I do think getting blown out would be, would be a bit of a momentum killer. So remind you, I would remind you of how things went last year between Kansas and Texas and Jalen Daniels did play in that game, but it was not an issue of the offense. I mean, I guess it was, but Texas scored 55 points in that game. John Robinson had like 240 Un- yards rushing. Yeah. And that to me, so I would say this, I'll, I'll start with perspective and then I'll end with this game. Perspective is I came on this last week when you were gone and I said that literally Kansas beating Nevada, who was one of the worst teams in college football. That was the first bad win KU's had in 14 years, 14 years where you left a game thinking we should have won by more. KU has not had one of those in 14 years. And now you are ranked four and oh facing a top five team in the country when is the last time we went into this game thinking big opportunity? In years past, you're facing a top five team in the country. Usually it's Oklahoma and you're saying, well, like just keep them, keep them under 60, right? That, yeah. You yeah. weren't even watching these. Like you, you hardly even paying attention to those games. They're over at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. And so now there's this weird feeling of like, I, I still don't think anybody's giving us a chance, but yeah, we're 17 point dogs. Normally this would be a 30 point line. And Okay, you still probably wouldn't cover. So it's this very weird juxtaposition of I've never been here before versus, well, we're still not expected to win. It is weird. Yet, I'm not saying they have no chance of winning this game. So, yeah, I mean, it is a golden opportunity. But I'll tell you what, right now, the one thing that makes me most nervous about this game is KU's defense. Yeah. Yeah. Are they better than last year? Yeah, but they were a bottom 10 defense in college football last year. Now they're like, 80. Middle of the pack, slightly below average. Yeah. KU has to play their best defensive game that they've played in the Lance Leipold era if they're going to win this game. Absolutely. That is the concern. If if they're if the defense isn't able to hold its own in any way, it this game will end up being embarrassing and deflating. Like that's the hot take. That is actually on the line. 
the game matters. The like as far as nothing to lose, the defense cannot come out and get torched. I don't think KU is in a spot anymore where they get to come in off the radar against Texas, especially considering the two wins that the program had. Like Texas has heard it. They know what happened last time. KU is ranked. So there's no sneaking up on Texas. I don't care that they play Oklahoma next week. Historically, this is a very good week to play Texas. But, but it, it is up to the defense to keep this competitive, to keep KU from getting totally deflated here. Uh, the, they've been kind of doing this bend, don't break thing and then take your opportunity for turnovers. I, I'm, I'm worried about the secondary. Even though that the guys have played well, um, it's just it it is my primary concern as well. Whatever happens with the defense, in in that, it's just yeah, it's a bit terrifying. If I'm looking at the last year and a half, I think Kansas has played two games where you would say complete game, start to finish, hard stop. It was Duke last year at home, and it was Illinois this year. And even the Illinois game, they sort of, I mean, Illinois never really got back into it, but they did enough to where it's like, I can't leave the stadium early if this is going to be a one-scored game in the fourth quarter. But those are the only two times where KU not only came out really, really strong, firing on all cylinders, but then did that for four quarters. Yeah. This is going to have to be the most complete game you've played, and that's what's a little concerning to me. Like, Texas goes up 14 Nothing, 21, nothing, 21, three. Yeah. You're not getting back into this game. They have too much firepower. Yep. And KU historically over the last year and a half, as good as they've looked at times, they have been a team that's been prone to slow starts and typical football guy talk, right? Like can't, you got to come out firing, right? You got to start fast. Good luck. You're playing one of the best teams in the country. But if you're trying to like concoct a formula for how Kansas wins this, this game, it's quite simply just has to be the best, most complete game you have played in the Lance Leipold era. Frankly, yeah, it has to be a perfect game. KU has to be perfect the whole way. You cannot make, you maybe have space for like one mistake, one turnover, maybe. And you got to force a couple. Again, my concern is, is with the defense, I, the offense is going to be, I think they'll be creative. They're, they've been withholding some of the bean stuff. Like they're going to wait to strike, I think, for the right moment if they're in this game. But you just can't. Can KU win a shootout against Texas? I, I guess so. Well, you have to. You have to. Yeah, there's no other I mean, choice. Yeah. You could say you can't win a shootout in the 50s, but I think you're going to have to score 40 points to win yep. this game. Yep. So the offense has to be perfect and the defense has to do. Just enough, right? It may come down to two stops. It may come down to three stops. It may come down to one turnover opportunity, two turnover opportunities. But the offense must be perfect. The offense has to play their A-plus game. I don't think you're holding Texas below 30 points. No. it's. But again, I'm to your question, this is a massive opportunity. And I don't think... It's not totally like nothing to lose here. I do think there is something to lose. And I would say this too. Confidence. If if you want to do the glass half, the glass half full look on this is that 
Texas has one of the best defenses in the country. Well, you've got one of the best offenses in the country. Like, go prove it. Go prove that, like, you're not just a good offense given the competition. Go prove that, yeah, we're a top 15 offense in the country regardless of who we play. Because it's you can have a great, you can play perfect defense and still give up a touchdown, right? If you play perfect offense, you're going to score points against anyone. And I think KU, quite frankly, I think KU has the better quarterback in this game. I think they have the better offense in this game, but they can't afford dumb mistakes. They can't afford stalled drives. Like you're going to have to put up a ton of points. Yep. Got to be perfect. Perfect perfect football. Couple explosive broken plays. Here's one good sign for the Jayhawks. This is according to Action Network. They track betting splits. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, Tracking. Let me get the glasses for that. Yeah, no, we're both putting the glasses on here. Line open at 19 and a half. It's now down to 17 and a half. There's been clear betting movement and action on Kansas. Action says 39% of the bets have been on Kansas, but 91% of the money has been on Kansas. So that means. A lot of the public, the little bets, the normal, the average Joes have been betting on Texas, but the big boys, the sharps, the, the ones oh. that actually use their glasses, the pro bettors, 91% is pretty massive here. So they've been dropping dong all over KU. So I do like the way the sharp that the line money. has moved. Sharp money. The sharp money. On the Hawks. So... Okay, it's we'll say seventeen and a half right now. Um, what what are you taking? Are you taking KU? What kind of a fan would I be if I didn't? Yeah, no, we're taking. You KU. know, we're taking KU. I have to. Yeah. This is one of the. This is one of those games where it's like, how dare I? No, we're take pick Texas to cover. No, we're taking KU. Even then, like the offense is um, back door open. Yeah, yeah. I, I I may wait a little bit. I want to see if that line moves at all. I mean, it's coming. It's coming down. If you want to bet, I'll I'll keep an eye on it. If it if it ticks back up for a second, it probably will. But I think the trend. Yeah, I mean, if it gets back to tw- if it gets back to around twenty, I don't that's think that's where that's I happening. feel like it's hammer hammer mode. Hammy town, hammy town. All right, ham bone. I like that. I'm ham bone that line drop. Um, sh- let's do a little basketball roundup before cool. we uh, cool. wrap up. We've got we've got a draft we're going to be doing later. We've got one submission that I do want to share. Uh, basketball roundup. You were out of the country, off the grid, aka hooping with Spaniards and the Portuguese. Yeah, fleeing authorities. Spaniards. Um, where do you want to start with basketball roundup? Because there's really two stories. One of which is really cool. One of which is really not cool. Uh, do you want to start with the not cool we'll start stuff? Start with not cool, and then end on a positive. Yeah, uh, the not cool stuff would be Arterio Morris, who is suspended from the team right now uh, following a rape accusation at McCarthy Hall, which is, if you're not familiar, uh, where the basketball players live, that new, you know, state of the art dormitory right next to Allen Fieldhouse. This is a guy who uh, was already facing a lot of trouble before he got to Kansas. Part of the reason why he departed Texas and part of the reason why when he first signed with Kansas, there was a a little chatter about like, why did you go after this guy? You're a national championship contending team with or without him. Like, do you really need to be bringing on that baggage? Obviously those thoughts are going to be rehashed now that he is on 
your watch and having to deal with a very serious issue because that often is the case with guys any level of sports. It's like teams are okay with giving guys fresh starts as long as the thing that they need to be given a fresh start for didn't happen on their watch. Happens all the time in the NFL, right? Like a guy will get arrested, guy charged with domestic abuse, whatever it is. Team releases him. A week later, somebody else signs him and they say, yep, you know, we we feel like he's been rehabilitated. We feel like, you know, that's behind him. We're comfortable moving forward. I think that was something along the lines of, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the second chance idea. You can't give him a second chance if he already wronged you at your program, but you know, it's open season for second chances. He hasn't been charged with anything. He hasn't been arrested, but he is suspended. And this is not an isolated incident because of his track record. Uh, where are you at with Arterio Morris? Because I know there's a lot of KU fans who are like, wait a minute, let's let the process play out. And there's a lot of fans. And I would quite frankly say, I am one of them that just said, you kind of look like a dunce right now. You never should have brought this guy in to begin with. Not because I necessarily think like beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's a terrible person, but because he had baggage that you simply did not need to inherit. Now you've done it and he is making you look stupid for getting into more hot water on your watch. Yeah. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle still where this could end up being, I just don't know enough that I am a little bit of let the process play out. And if the process indicates uh, wrongdoing, then it, it is a horrible look and a bad decision by Kansas that deserves to be looked at and, and called out as to what kind of diligence and research was, was done here. Um, but I'm not ready to say that yet, given what we know, which is very, very little. And it, it, it is a horrible look. One thing I thought about was like, you have freshmen, multiple freshmen named as, as witnesses, which can mean a variety, you know, that they saw them earlier in the night or, or later, like, I have no idea where that falls, but like it also a horrible look, uh, especially after like really working so hard to ask Johnny Furphy's parents to let him leave Australia and their plan. <laughs> and then within a month, he or however much time, you know, he pops up as a witness like that's a that is a horrible situation. Um. And it's horrible for and I, and, uh, everyone. And, and, but I just was thinking about that too. Like, just and to that point, that. Mike, like, what the hell? I think the term like bad look gets tossed around pretty often. And I think it's kind of overused. But in this case, as the head coach of a basketball program, you're constantly having to deal with optics. Right? Bill Self knows a lot about that with everything that he's been dealing with, with, uh, the investigation into paying players and the Adidas scandal optics. What do people think about me? What do people think about the program that I'm running? And to that point, like, is this going to hurt Kansas on the recruiting trail in a significant manner? Probably not. Probably I not. would be pretty shocked. Doesn't it matter. 
but it doesn't matter. It's just, it's just the idea of the optics that this headline of a kid who, again, came in with baggage is now being accused of raping a girl at McCarthy Hall on campus on your watch. And the optics of that, of having to explain, like for a Kansas fan who has to try and defend their program to somebody else who wants to come over and say, what kind of scummy you know, guys are you bringing into your team? Like, I, I don't really know, right? And even if you say, well, he, yeah, listen, let's let the process play out. Totally fine with that. But I still can't get over the fact that it was a risk that you did not need to incur coming into this season. Yep. Uh, you are Kansas yeah. basketball. You can get whoever you want. I agree. You don't need to be the second chance program, right? This is not community college where you're taking all the guys who got kicked off their power five programs because they couldn't get their grades up, but they were getting in trouble off the field. Like this is Kansas. You get whoever you want. And with or without Arterio Morris, you are the betting favorite to win the national championship. I would just ask the question, if Bill Self could have a redo, would Arterio Morris have ever been on the Kansas basketball program? And I think we both know the answer to that. Probably not. I, I will say, in part of the reason I say let the process play out is because this is a very life, genuinely life-altering moment for him and for, obviously, you know, the the potential or or possibly a, a victim like there there are lives in people's futures at stake here and it, it's so it is extremely unfortunate but that is why i'm a little bit like KU hasn't kicked him right off and and i'm curious as to to why a little bit and i i have to trust the diligence that's being done not, not, you know, we've seen schools mess that up before, but I am going to trust it in this case and to make that they're going to make sure that they're doing the right thing. I, I hope that's what's happening. Um, but I'm going to wait to, you know, withhold how bad, how bad of a look it is, the degree of bad luck. Um, and, and it's just, uh, really obviously unfortunate and, and terrible to, to come up and to have to discuss what what are, all right vibes low right now pick the, bring vibes the vibes up. up bad news good news situation oh yeah cooper Fla cooper flag Caption who is flag. he what is he about what's the what's the scoop here come on break news right now just do it just do it what, just break the what news do you want me to break right now what do you the, come on there's nothing to break just do it um show it all right all right Cooper Flag, number one recruit and prospect of the 2024 class, 6'8", apparently like an incredible defensive player, fits Bill mm. Self basketball, generate mm -mm -mm. like generational talent situation. That's Go that's off. what I'm understanding. Um, Say it. I can't. You know, someone someone I talked to said like could have an AD like impact on how he controlled <sighs> games for Kentucky that year. Like we're talking mm. about like that ceiling, at least I'm not saying you will the ceiling. I think KU right now is leading the recruitment. I wrote 
I wrote it was about 50-50 between KU and Duke. I'm going to give it 51 KU to 49. Maybe somewhere UConn's got like a 5% chance too. I'm not ruling him the out. The math doesn't add up, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I, if I were to take everyone down five points and three and two points and then give UConn five. UConn's in, in the mix a little bit, but... So confirmed. Cooper flag to Kansas confirmed. Is that what you're, that's what you're telling me right now? I like where KU sits for Cooper flag based on everything I'm, I've heard. He has long been considered to be a Duke player that he grew up as a Duke fan. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of respect given to Bill Self in this recruitment. This is a major deal. He's visiting for a late night, I think. Everyone, everyone needs to show out. Like it is general ta- generational talent visiting. And the Jayhawks, I think, are in the lead for him in recruitment. I am hearing good things. They are all in on this guy to a level we have not seen before when it comes to recruitment. If this is like uh, a Hunter Dickinson uh, situation on steroids. They're going all in. That's is it. Is Bill Self on a recruiting heater right now? Bill Self's going nuclear right now with the way he's doing mm. well, the way the roster was constructed this year. Uh, I think Flag is friends with Flory Badunga, who's coming to KU. Might have just butchered his last name. Not sure. Uh, Liam McNeely, who visited, goes to high school with Flag. Like the one place where the package could happen is is here in Lawrence. So Bill Self is a recruiting freight train right now. Get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. yeah. That's what you're yeah, telling farmer me. Farmer Fran. I like where KU sits. I like it. That's all. All right. I love it. I love it. Um, we got a hard out coming here in a few minutes. So take me home, Daddy. I want to do a draft. Yeah, I want to do a draft here. Uh, we were tossing around some ideas, but today we are going to be doing a five on five draft of Lawrence, Kansas watering holes. Yes, the bars. We are drafting Lawrence bars. Uh, we didn't decide the draft order. Do you want first pick or do you want me to have first pick? Random number generator. I'm going, no, I don't have time. For no, that. I'm doing Just, it right now. You want first one or, or two? One or oh, two. Okay. You're, you're one. I'm two. One. Okay. It's one. Okay. You got first pick. All right, I go so second I want first third. pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, really happy to have had the first pick here because I do feel like there is a a one that kind of rises above the rest. With the first pick, go ahead and give me the wheel, Mike. I felt really good about that. I'm glad I got first pick because I do think there's a slight drop off after after the wheel. I disagree. My first pick would not have been the wheel. Sacrilegious. Well, then I guess I my first pick is the hawk. And <laughs> I know, I know, I don't care. The Hawk is where freshmen and dreams, freshmen and sophomores, sorry. The Hawk is where freshmen and sophomores' dreams come true. When you go to college, the Hawk is kind of what you expect. And it's what you get. It is Disneyland for the new KU students. And therefore, it will always hold a special place in my heart. It's fun. It's just the most fun. I understand. I understand why you went with the Hawk there. The Hawk, to me, is more of a... It's a novelty pick where like I went with the safe pick with the wheel at you one. Did. It's great for, it's great for students. It's great for alumni. It's great for nights. It's great for day drinking. Yeah. Get a, get a Wang burger. Yeah. Some tots. Get some pizza at night. 
the wheel just has everything in a way that I mm. think is sort of unmatched in the Lawrence Barr scene. So I respect the picket too, while I don't agree with it. I, 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 I agree with everything you said. I mean, the wheel was my number two. So I love what you said. Uh, I've got a tough one here on the turn. Uh, because I have the Hawk and I'm building a team, I'm taking the sandbar. Taking the sandbar. Do you disagree? Do you, do you, are you just no, thrilled? I, yeah. I wanted, okay. I'm taking the sandbar. Yeah, they were next on my board. Ta- they were next on my board. Same, so I like the pick. Same, similar reason where when you're a junior and senior, you can enjoy it. It is new to you. It's a great experience. And then when you come back as an alumni, you got to hit the sandbar. You got to stand up, dance, yell, hurricanes are happening. Things are flying around. Uh, I, I often request Timber when I go there, the song Timber, because that was popular like my senior year. So mm-hmm. uh, make them play that and they do it. And you know what? I love that. The Yeah, they do. The that, wheel. Talk about a bar that shows it, man. The sandbar, sandbar shows, shows it, it every single time. Popcorn. It's great. All right. So, uh, you know, when you're constructing a lineup like this, you don't want five Michael Jordans, right? You <laughs> want guys who can do different you things. Want balance. So the wheel is so, the wheel is team captain, you know. He was an academic All-American as well. Uh, now I, I need something to sort of build around him. I'm going to go with Luis's West. I'm going to go with Luis's West with my second pick. I feel like those two guys, the wheel and West, will really work well as like a one-two combination in the backcourt. It's a great pick. I mean, it's just a staple. It's another staple. And it's not necessarily where I would go on a trip back, but like, I'd be happy if I was there always. I've never been upset in Louise's West ever in my life. <laughs> yeah. It's a good place. You know, you get a, you get a schooner, you get a bloody Mary, great pregame bar, right? You got an hour before the game, yeah. stop by Louise's West, get about 52 ounces of Bud Light in you and you're good to go. Um, so now I, I'm in a really difficult position because I really thought I was getting the sandbar on my squad. And so now we're sort of back to the drawing board, but I think in situations like these, you don't overthink it. You trust the board. Yeah, and right now this was my fourth, this was my fourth ranked bar on the list. I'm getting them in, in the third round. I'm going to go with the original Johnny's Tavern. You know, it's not necessarily what you would consider to be a college bar. And I can tell you had them next on your list, but Best place to watch a game, have a beer, get some pizza, get a burger, Johnny's Tavern. I mean, talk about a Lawrence staple. People travel from far and wide to see this kid play, and I'm really <laughs> happy to have him on the squad. You should be happy. That's a great pick. You know who he is? You know, you know what Johnny's Tavern is? Johnny's Tavern is like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the end of his career when it Kareem. became Magic's team, and he was a little long in the tooth but like still very dominant. So this is like, it's a great, he's pick. the veteran presence down low. He's a back to the basket center. Johnny's Tavern. Johnny's Tavern is special. That's a great pick. Okay. Um, I'm having fun. I like, I like my team. Uh, I'm taking the bowl. I know you, you worked there mm-hmm. and oh, to me, that's where we first met. Yeah. Where we first locked eyes. Don't remember that, but I know <laughs> apparently it happened. <laughs> uh, Hold a special place in your heart, I can see. Yeah. Old Bowl, for me especially, though that doesn't count. We're, we're talking current state, but uh, I've had a lot of fun at the Bowl. I, I lived, I basically shared an alley with it for two years in college. So 
Love the bowl. It's just a great alternative to, to Hawk and Wheel there. You can still catch the bar band if you need. And then I'm going to go with the Red Lion. <sighs> yeah, you're getting dominated. You're getting dominated here. I'm not getting dominated, but that was next to my list. I, I thought I, I I had the red lion circled. Like that was one of the guys we had starred. It was, the GM told me, hey, make sure the owner told me, you know, like make sure I don't care who else you draft, but play a little foosball red lion needs to be on the roster. It's just dark and stormy. It, it's got, it's a good <sighs> change up for, for what Lawrence has to offer. And it can kind of be what you want. You can, you can get rowdy there or you can have just a nice chill time and, and, Hang out with friends. Uh, so, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good pick. Now I'm in the position where I need to round out my roster. Like I've got the core, I've got the nucleus, but now I need to figure out who I'm going to put around them. So uh, I'm going to take replay. I'm going to take replay lounge, live music, great patio scene. It's a different vibe. Uh, replay, I'm going to put him at the four. And then at the three spot here, um, this is going to be sort of my do-it-all wing, jack-of-all-trades, not great at anything, also a bit of a wild card. I feel like I have some tamer bars on the team, so I need something that gets a little bit rowdy. You went, like, all rowdy? Yeah, I went rowdy. And this is a guy who wouldn't start for every team in America. I totally get that. Not on everyone's draft board, but just to round out the starting five, go ahead and give me brothers. Go ahead and give me brothers with my last pick. And I just feel like he just fits with what we're trying to do here. Brothers is cyclical. Like it gets really hot. It's Britain green to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes I'll be back in Lawrence. Volume like shooter. Number one place to go tonight is brothers. I'm like, what? And then other weekends, it won't come up. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is my last pick. Talk about the bourgeois pig or I could go with, or I could go with, I think I'm going to take the jazz house. Ah, Jazz House was on the list. Yeah. Jazz House, I like the pick. I like it as a compliment to Hawk Bowl Wheels and Bar Red Lion. <laughs> needed needed a little you balance. Something to yeah. even you out. Yeah. Yeah. No, we need uh yeah. we need Landon Lucas here. Uh I do want to do a quick in memoriam yeah. segment here. Yes. Um yes. RIP to Fatso's, Tonic, Quentin's, Boggy Dog, The Ranch, The Cave, Yacht Club. None of you know, they all decided to hang them up, so they're no longer eligible for the draft, but uh, just wanted to remember them for all their contributions over the also years. Also, shout out the shawarma place that was attached to Fatso's. Don't remember its yeah. name, but that place ruled. That place ruled. Every once, like once a year, I try to remember the name of it. Um, I think you did a great job um, covering that. Yeah, and great, and great job to you as well. You know, I respect your game. I do have a hard out, so I just want to finish with one of the submissions that we had. If you want to be a part of the show at all, gang, DM us your video or audio takes. This one, didn't really understand the assignment, sent us a screenshot, um, a prediction for the rest of the season. We'll go out on this note. I, I like that. We'll lose just- to Texas. Yeah, I know. This is from Daniel. He said, we'll lose to Texas on September 30, proceed to run the table, and then beat Texas in the Big 12 championship game with figged refs because the Big 12 won't let Texas win the Big 12 championship on their way out. I love that take. Is KU in the playoff if that happens? Hell yeah. No, they'll be on the outside looking at Probably five. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, probably be five. We'll see what else happens. I mean, there's a lot of parody, but 
I love that take. I love in the, the theory on it too at the end. That's a perfect way to end this show. Thank you for sending that in, Daniel. That was awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you to the show at all, gang. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review wherever you're listening or watching. We're going sicko mode over on YouTube, so give us a follow there. Full episodes every single week. We'll be back again next week. Go Hawks. Horns down. Mike's showing his draft big board. No, I'm doing horns See you, dude. Later, bro. Thank you. Thank you.